Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to America's Heroes Group on WVON 1690 AM, the talk of Chicago. I am Vietnam veteran host Cliff Kelly. America's Heroes Group is a live streaming podcast, global platform, radio, print, and digital media broadcast show that empowers change agents through intentionally disseminating information, resources, and referrals to empower our military population. And with that, welcome to America's Heroes Group, America's Heroes Group Roundtable with the Office of the Honorable Dennis Richard McDonough, who is the U.S. Secretary of the Department of Veterans Affairs. Today is Saturday, February 4th, 2023. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Cleveland, the co-host, Army National Guard veteran. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith, and our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega of Scouts Honor Productions. And we have today, February, is Black History Month and American, sorry, American Heart Month. Very important to notice. We have our panelists with us now, Terrence Hayes. He's the press secretary and official spokesperson for the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. We're going to talk about the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs 2023 initiatives and agenda under Secretary McDonough. How are you doing today? I'm doing fine. Thanks for having me, Sean. It's my pleasure. So tell us some, some of the things that President Biden signed into office this year. that promised to address comprehensive toxics, PACT Act, into law this summer. How does this new law impact veterans? Yes, Sean, uh... The president signed this this bill into law August the 10th of 2022. So what this bill does, or excuse me, what this law now does is it provides veterans, uh, Vietnam War veterans, Gulf War veterans, and post 9-11 war veterans with more access than ever before to health care in the Department of Veterans Affairs, as well as access to benefits. And when you, you probably want to know, you know, what are those benefits? You know, it's for any of those veterans who have been impacted by what we call toxics, mm-hmm. you know, burn pits, um, radiation, Agent Orange. Any of those individuals, what we're doing, we're doing a full court press and encouraging them. And, and many times begging folks across the country who believe they have been impacted by any of those conditions to immediately call VA immediately run into a veteran service organization to file a claim today so we can get those benefits in their in their pockets as soon as possible. You know, we're proud to announce that we started adjudicating these claims just recently, January 1st. That's mm-hmm. as soon as we were able to adjudicate those claims. We currently have received about close to 280,000 claims thus far. And we know that to the average American, that seems like quite a bit of claims. But we feel that that's on the low end because this particular law potentially impacts 3.5 million men and women who serve this country. So, again, uh, we're doing a full court press and educating and informing as many of these folks as possible across the country that we can about the importance behind them filing for their benefits today and hopefully seeking enrollment in health care so we can get them the care that they deserve. 
I have to admit that is a very, very impressive and, and I think a noble thing that you guys have done in this administration to go out and, and address something that and, very, and do it very quickly. Because when we start to address Agent Orange, that's a war that happened over 40 years ago. And we just had to back from Correct. Afghanistan. And now they, 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 we, the, this administration has learned from the past and actually has done something with the help of a lot of people. A lot of VSLs had to go in and actually speak up. Um, uh, John Stewart, the comedian, his yeah. work was, was instrumental in getting this done. Um, so I really appreciate that as a veteran and thankful for that as a veteran. Um, I, me personally, was not exposed to the burn pits that, the, that my brothers and sisters overseas were exposed mm-hmm. to. Um, but then it goes beyond that, like you mentioned, other toxics. That's really, really yeah. critical. Yeah, Sean, um, and, and I think, you know, when when you look at the this this law and you put faces with this law, it becomes reality. So I'll, I'll give you an example. This bill was named after Sergeant First Class Heath Robinson. Heath Robinson was a Army National Guardsman himself out of the uh, state of Ohio. And we lost Sergeant Robinson at 39 years young due to his service, due to these toxins. And on August the 10th of 2022, when the president signed this bill into law, standing beside the president was Heath's wife, Danielle, and, and his daughter. And this is their legacy. And VA is charged now with carrying on with this legacy to ensure that men and women, you know, who have these conditions, and, and folks can find the new conditions, the 23 new conditions, on our website at va.gov slash PACT, and that's P-A-C-T. And if they have any of those presumed conditions, VA basically says that you are entitled to benefits. The evidence, the the burden of, of proof is no longer in the hands of the veteran, and it should have never been in the hands of the veteran. So, again, it's very vital that we get this word out to as many people as possible to include survivors, uh, members of our military family, our veteran community who are no longer here. Their survivors can also file for benefits as well. So, again, this is very vital that we get this out to as many people as possible. And I'm very thankful that uh, I have the opportunity to join you today, Sean, to talk about it. Glad you're here. Also, one thing that is that's news to a lot of people that we talk a lot about in our show, veteran homelessness. And yes. So, you're, so what we understand is that homelessness has dropped 11 percent uh, or more over the last five years. Can you go into that and give us some give us some um, some data on how that occurred and how the VA has been instrumental in making that happen? Yes, yeah, Sean, uh, we're we're making steady progress, um, but until we get that number to zero, because let's be quite honest with you. No man and woman who signed up to serve this nation should be without shelter. Let's just call it what it is. It's it's a sad state to see men and women living in these cities across our wonderful nation, the greatest nation on on the planet Earth, and these individuals are without homes. So that's number one. But we are making progress. We're making progress with our community partners, with our state and local governments as well. And many of our, uh, you know, public-private partnerships out there, just American citizens out there who want to serve veterans as as well as veterans have served them. So we recently conducted what's called the point-in-time count 
Uh, we conducted uh, one here in D.C. Uh, the secretary just conducted one on Tuesday evening in Denver. And various other folks around VA participated in that as well across the country. And what that does is it gives us a snapshot of just one particular day in time of how many folks may be facing homelessness. And we chat with these individuals. We provide them resources as we're chatting with them. But we also take down information so we can get a good data set on, again, how many folks are out there facing homelessness and not just veterans. You know, we're, we're counting all, uh, vet, all individuals facing homelessness. So last year, when Secretary, or excuse me, Secretary McDonough took the office uh, February of 2021, and into the summer, he went and visited uh, Los Angeles. And at that time, there was this, this place called Veterans Row. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that, but it was this place on San Vicente Boulevard in the heart of Brentwood. And as, as you and I know, that's one of the most uh, well-off communities in the United States. But at that time, there were 41 veterans in tents living along that, that strip. And they, they deemed it Veterans Row. And it was right outside of uh, one of our VA campuses, the West L.A. campus. Wow. And the secretary visited that, that area, chatted with all 41 of those veterans facing homelessness. He returned to D.C., and he returned very angry. And, and he let it know, be known to all of us. And he instructed us that we needed to ensure that all 41 of those individuals would be off the streets and onto our West L.A. campus within 30 days. And you could probably imagine, you know, folks are probably, you know, looking with, with shock and, you know, like how we're going to execute that. But when the boss said we were going to do it, that's what we were going to do, and that's what we did. All 41 of those veterans were then able to be housed on our on our campus. And then we took it a step further. The secretary said, hey, not only are we going to house those 41 individuals, but we're going to house an additional 500 in L.A. County by the end of 2021. Wow. And we did that, and we exceeded it by close to 200. And what we're proud of is that last year, 2022, the secretary said, you know what, this seems to be moving in the right direction. Let's permanently house, and again, this is permanently. This isn't temporary housing, folks. This is permanently housing, folks. He said, 2022, our goal is going to be to house 38,000 veterans for the entire year. Sean, I'm proud to announce that we exceeded that by close to 2,500. Wow. We house more than 40,000 veterans facing homelessness in permanent housing. And not only that, we're able to now provide them with the resources, the programs available to hopefully sustain this housing and help them maneuver and get to where they need to be. And, and that's a success story. And, again, we're not going to stop until we ensure that these men and women who served our country so well have the housing that they deserve. Can you walk me through the steps? Like, How do you get from that? Those are impressive numbers to take to take 40,000 people in one year off the streets. 
And this is nationwide, I'm, I'm assuming. Nationwide. Okay. So nationwide, you took 40,000 people off the streets. How can you expand on that um, to get to get that number to closer to zero as far as homeless, veteran homelessness? Um, and what yeah, I mean, uh, in the height of this situation, you go back about, um, you know, 12 years or so, or so ago, uh, it, the, the, the numbers were about 90-something thousand veterans facing homelessness. So that number now is anywhere between 30 and about 38, 39,000 on any given night. So you can see that we've already made large progress. But again, you know, numerous factors have played into why we are where we are. Obviously, we were dealing with, a, you know, unprecedented pandem- pandemic as well. They kind of played a role in all of this. So, again, now we're doing a full court press since. Secretary McDonough has been on board and since President Biden has been on board. So, you know, we're not going to stop, Sean. Again, we believe that some of the measures that we took in Los Angeles can be implemented in cities across the country, like Chicago, like D.C., like Dallas. And we're going to implement those. And again, with the help of our partners, with the help of the state and local governments, I think we're going to eventually get that number down. Uh, but again, we won't stop until we get that number down to zero. That's the right mission. Get it to zero. Let's do it. So my last question, we have about nine minutes left, almost eight minutes left. So uh, so tell us a little bit about the data and also the offerings at the uh, – let's see. Let's see this a little more closely. This mm-hmm. is a very sensitive topic, and I want to make sure we get this phrased properly. Yeah. So abortion has been on the on the in, the in the mind, the public mind recently, and there's a lot of controversy uh, pro and against it with people of yes. pro-life versus people with their pro-choice. Um, but the VA recently began offering abortion counseling, and in certain cases, abortions to pregnant veterans and, and beneficiaries. Tell us more about that. Why did that? Why did you guys start doing that? Sean, it was a medical emergency. Um, you know, bottom line, uh, again. The VA operates the largest integrated healthcare system in our country. And the largest cohort of veterans right now are our women veterans. There are about, we have, we, we see about 600,000 uh, women veterans, but there's 300,000 women veterans of childbearing age that we see. And anytime one of those individuals comes to see us and they're faced with a challenge, we should be there to provide them the care that they need. Prior to Secretary McDonough instituting this interim final rule, allowing us to, uh, to you know, provide these procedures, we would have to turn these women away. We would have to send them or, or recommend that they go into the community. And that just wasn't acceptable, especially when you're talking in instances where it affected their health, or it was a life-and-death situation, Sean. Again, these women veterans served their country honorably. And it is our duty. You know, it's our top clinical, you know, uh, goal to provide these women with world-class care, especially life-saving care. Mm -hmm. So, again, this was all about saving lives. This was all about ensuring that these women had the full suite of medical care when they come to their VA. So again, we're going to continue to do that. We're going to continue to be there for these women when they need us most. And that's the sole purpose 
behind why we needed to do this. Because, again, there were many times that clinicians had told us, had told the secretary that they were in a bind where women veterans were coming to them facing some very difficult health challenges, and they were limited in what they could provide. So, again, this is just another opportunity for us to deliver on that promise to all of our veterans, specific to our women veterans, that we're going to be there when they need us most because they were there for us when we needed them most. Does this pose any any uh, trick bags or any, any problems say, in a state where abortion is restricted? Uh, what, is, what does a veteran do or what does someone do in, in those states? Do they have to travel yeah, to a great, different great, state? Great question because, uh, as you know, we have 1,800 facilities across the country. So, you know, yes, we do have facilities in some of the states that uh, have banned uh, these procedures. But because since we fall under federal law, those state laws do not impact us. So, so again, to our veterans out there who are listening to this and faced with some serious health con- you know, challenges, and uh, especially our, our pregnant veterans out there, uh, our facilities are, are welcome to you, are open to you. If you're faced with any of these challenges, we just urge you to get into our system. If you're not already enrolled, please visit VA.gov to find out how to enroll there. Or you can also call 1-800-MY-VA-411, and then you can enroll on uh, over the phone as well. But, again, this is, it. This is all about an, a, medical, a medical emergency, ensuring that we give these benefits and we provide this health care to our women veterans when they need it most. I really appreciate the, the the compassion you have for your job. Um, most veterans, people that are that are served and put on the uniform, will always appreciate someone who really takes their job seriously and it, and has attention to detail. Attention to detail is something that a veteran will will recognize that someone has or has does not have that. And I see that you have an attention to detail. Um, well, appreciate it, Sean. Yeah. Uh, as a vet, as a veteran, Sean, uh, I take this very personally. You know, as you being my battle buddy. Uh, I take this very personal. You know, this is about taking care of individuals like you and I. And uh, I I definitely take this role very personally, being the, the first black man or woman to hold this position as spokesperson for the department. So, again, this is this is important stuff. This is this is, you know, my life's work to serve these men and women who have served me so well. So, again, uh, you know, this isn't the VA of 10 years ago. This isn't even the VA of like four years ago, to be quite honest with you. There have been so many changes instituted to make VA more accessible and more and and for the veteran to have a better experience now than ever before. We're seeing more veterans and providing more benefits than ever before. And the one takeaway I want everybody to, to leave with today is that no longer is VA trying to have you fit inside its system. We're instituting our system and we're changing and adapting our system to fit into the veterans' everyday lives. And that's the way it should have been and that's the way it is now. So again, to any of those veterans out there who may have had a bad experience with VA, because trust me, I know there are some times where there are bad experiences, I'm asking you to just give us another chance. Give this team the opportunity to provide you with the world-class care that you've earned and the benefits that you deserve. Those are good words to live by. I appreciate those words. Um, I was going to ask you what it, what it meant to you to be the first black uh, VA press secretary. 
Um, however, and nowadays in modern times, I, I, when I see a first black anything in any yeah. position of of, uh, of importance, and particularly as something that's as eminent as preeminent as what you have as a title, um, I see you as a, as a qualified and and an excellent person. Because what you express today, and I've talked to many people in high positions, um, you are among the top of all of them. And I appreciate that. You're a man of excellence. Well, Attention to detail. I appreciate that. Well, Sean, well, Sean, as you know, you know, many of us just need the opportunity, my brother. And uh, I'm thankful that President Biden uh, saw that in me to give me this opportunity to, to engage and be that spokesperson for the department. But uh, I take this role extremely seriously because you know what? While I may be the first, I damn sure don't want, want to be the last. So uh, I'm working hard every day to ensure that folks who look like me have another opportunity at this. And I think that'll be the case. This is a great show. Terrence Hayes, President Secretary, President, Press Secretary and Official Spokesperson of the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.